welcome to One Size Does Not Fit All with Well Life Tribe. We're sponsored by Renourish. Renourish are delicious grab-and-go fresh soups in a pioneering, heatable, fully recyclable bottle. Renourish soups are plant-based, gluten-free, dairy-free and packed with vitamins. Find them in all Waitrose stores. Welcome to the Well Life Tribe podcast, One Size Does Not Fit All, with me, Liberty. And this week, again, I'm here with my friend, Kat. Hi, Kat. Hi, Liberty. How are you? I'm okay. Are we week eight? Oh, God, I know. Yeah, week eight. Yes. How's it going? I broke free at the weekend because I had to go and do something in Suffolk for a family and sort some bits out. And then I first drive in the car, long drive. I blew a tyre on the M25. <laughs> Ended up in no! the scuzziest service station, and nobody would come out and rescue me. First of all, um, but it was fine. Uh, we got through it, and it only took me five and a half hours to get to the destination. But we got there in the end. No. <laughs> you know, I'm still here and healthy, so yeah, that's all fine. <laughs> Were you on your own? No, I had two dogs and one kid in the car because the other kid was with Rich in the other car. So it was like separate. We did separate because we had loads of stuff to carry. So um, I've got quite small tires on my car. (laughs) I went over like a tiny stone and um, yeah, I was just watching the tire gauge going. I was like, that's weird. And it was sort of flashing off. And as I was driving, I was like, I don't know where I am. I'm just trying not oh to Oh my God. First time out of the house. That was really fun. Not. And then obviously, AA man comes along trying to social distance and trying to get me to do stuff at the same time. And I was just like, uh, I don't know. He's like, Could you do, do you know how to do it? No. Do you know if you've got a spare tire? No, because I'm really stupid right now. I don't know if I've got a spare or anything. Oh <laughs> no. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, I was having oh, that. But we got. That's not ideal. And then I had to drive 50 miles an hour home on a three, 150 miles. <laughs> and I what? Was like, at midnight, I was like, open the windows, you know, just having a Did you give time. you one of those tiny little tires or did you get a proper tire on? No, well, he had to pump it back up and then we taped it up, put some special stuff in it. Um, I had to call oh them because it kept bursting, but we were good. We got there, we got there, got home by midnight <laughs> and I didn't get out my pajamas all day Sunday because... I was too hacked off. No, I was fine. By Sunday, I was fine. I think driving I... 50 miles an hour, trying to keep the kids up, <laughs> the way to do that is get them to count how many cars are overtaking you. Shall I tell you? 154 cars overtook us. <laughs> That's how boring our lives have got. Count the cars, kid. Don't go to sleep. Don't go to sleep. Because if you go to sleep, I'll go to sleep. Put the paper on. <laughs> oh, no. I don't think I'd even remember how to drive at this point. I haven't even got a car anymore. Yeah. Um, my car was on a like a my car was on a <laughs> my car was on a higher purchase <laughs> and it's gone and James goes to work every day still because he's a key worker and uh so I can't go anywhere anyway so I put a probably burst my tire just by like driving off the road because I don't know what I'm doing I wasn't a very good driver before that but yeah that is um no fun <gasps> as long as they had iPads did they have iPads in the back the kids no, there are two dogs in the back. <laughs> so I was just like, oh my god! Uh, and you could go into like the service station. I was like, because I was desperate for to go for a wee. So I was like, I'm gonna have to just risk this because <laughs> you know you're just yeah. risking everything. 
Um, and it was so disgusting because I was taking the dogs for a wheel the side. There was this giant rat on the side also that ran <gasps> past my leg. And I was just like, uh, I mean, oh my God. I need to go home again and lock the door. But that was sort of it. But it was all good. The first experience out, you know, didn't. Oh. <laughs> so you were glad to come house, back I thought of better things to do. Back in, lock the doors, stay in, yeah? Exactly. <laughs> My kids are really, really missing their friends. So um, I'm not really sure. This is a bit of a, I don't know, a bit of a crunch week where they've both been quite good and now they're kind of, they're sick of me and I'm sick of them, if I'm honest. But still blessed, aren't yeah. we? I think we're all in that. <laughs> Yeah. Bless, bless Sarah. Thankful for my family. We hate each other. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, bless, bless. Yeah. So it's always good to hear another perspective on all of this business because uh, everybody's in the same boat, more or less. And we've got a most brilliant guest. I'm very excited to say, and so many of you, <laughs> our age, will remember this amazing lady. We've got Sarah Kaywood with us today. <laughs> So when Kat said, we've got Sarah Kaywood coming on our podcast, I was like, oh, I know her, don't I? I thought you were like one of my friends. <laughs> I am one of your friends, Liberty. <laughs> oh, then We're I was all like, friends yes, here. <laughs> you really were. You were, I, I was obsessed with the girly show back in 1996. Six, yeah, 96 so I bet you're 10 years younger than me I'm 48 no I'm 44 really um, yeah, I'm yeah. Always the 10 years younger people that are like um you know I've got I've got a couple of friends around here that I've made and they're like oh I used to watch you when you're on the tech actually no to be fair Kerry always says she remembers I've been kicking yeah, oh, I remember yeah. that. You would have, you, you know, would have been girly show if I was twi- twenty three. You were like twenty. You're probably like nineteen, twenty. Yeah, so I loved it. Target audience, probably. Yeah, and I'm very immature. Your hair, and I love that your hair. Your hair. I was watching it when you were on Eurovision. And you had red hair, didn't you? The red oh, hair. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. It's been, and now, look, I, put, I dyed it pink to cover the roots. I know, but I like that. I wish I could <laughs> yeah, dye Well, my hairdresser said, I said to him the other day, it's going to be July, obviously, before the salon's up and running. I said, what can I do? And he went, please don't try and do the roots, Sarah. He said, um, he said, just dye it pink or purple, not blue or green, because you can't wash it out. And actually, I noticed, have you heard of um, the Scummy Mummies? You must have done it. <gasps> yeah, yeah. Scummy Mummies. Have you noticed Helen, uh, one of the Scummy Mummies, has also got like inch thick black roots and then hot pink, the rest of her was white. Yeah. Now hot pink. So we're all doing this. So it's the lockdown look, isn't it? It's yeah, just, we've all got a certain. Isn't it? I was thinking about this the other day. Obviously, we can consume media on any platform now, and thank goodness for social media and technology during this pandemic. You know, they didn't have this during the Spanish flu. And uh, <laughs> but it's funny how I dyed my hair pink. So I always dye my hair pink, and I don't care. And it hides the roots a bit, and I don't care because I'm not seeing anybody actually outside the house. But we're all having the same thoughts. We're such sheep. <laughs> and I don't, and I, I don't, it doesn't bother me. I just think it's really funny the way humans, we're a team, aren't we? We are one massive team. We all feel the same way yeah. to a certain degree. You know, this pandemic has become a wonderful echo chamber. I mean, even yeah. when, you know, you had your Brexits and your anti-Brexits and now we're all in the same boat. That's gone. It's wonderful. Now we've all got the same moans. It is true. 
And it's like when Liberty was saying that everybody sort of reached a crunch point with their kids this week. And I've spoken to loads of mates and they're feeling exactly the same way. Definitely. Yeah. It seems like, and last week, it was the, I think it was last Thursday. I didn't go on Instagram at all because I was so down on Wednesday. And then I came on Instagram on the Thursday and I'd had a Zoom with my old school friends on Thursday morning, I think. And they, we were all the same. Everybody had the same bad day the day before. It was, you know, it was proper synergy. Although, there, was there a full moon last week? Was it last week? Or oh, no, it was the week before. I always think the full moon has a lot to answer for, especially since the moon is feminine, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's like the whole world's got the same period. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> Just think, we might all be like aligning ourselves. I don't have any period. Cycle now. You I love all. I love all that stuff. That's where. That's where my well-being stuff comes. Like I love lunar cycles, and you know. I do think it does have a big impact on you, though. Massively. True. And also, just Mother Nature. Which goes back, you know, in a way to what we were talking about before we started recording about essential oils and, you know, my wellness journey is I can think of nothing lovelier right now. This to me would be Nirvana, would be to just go find a meadow in the middle of nowhere on a hot sunny day and just lie in some long grass on my own. That isn't going to happen. Mm. No, it's not. But doesn't that seem amazing? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Liberty knows. She's there. She's there. <laughs> I'm eating a bounty. Yeah. yeah. Or a flake. <laughs> Was there a flake? Uh, so I got out on my own yesterday, and, but I had to go see my mother-in-law, so it wasn't quite the same either. I haven't oh. managed to be on my own. On my own. Uh, <laughs> have, you be, have you girls been on your own? I've had the odd snatched hour or so when Andy has... Bless him, even though he's done it with a right face on, he has recognised I probably need to be left on my own and he's taken the kids out for a walk or, you know, just round the block or something. And then he gets back, he's got a right cob on about it. He seems to be okay, but I'm not. I need that. Yeah, I know what you mean. I'm like the one who's stressing out in our house. I'm like, you need to go for a dog walk. I'm going to mop. That's why I was kidding. I don't know, I keep yeah. saying that. I'm going to mop. Can you go out? And they're like, why, do you, why can't you come with us? Because I need to mop the house. <laughs> I want Andy to take the kids away so I can keep, so I can clean the house. And for me, the, the whole tidying thing, and this again, this is massively caught up in my good mental health. I have to have my ducks in a row, sort of domestically. Yeah. Things get really, really out of whack. I really, I get really grumpy, moody. I'm horrible to be around. And Andy always says, on your deathbed, you won't remember how tidy your house was. You'll just remember how how much fun and it's like yeah but the thing is I can be more happy in a tidy house to create those nice memories you're obsessed with cleaning then obsessed well not that's actually people always say you really like cleaning I don't like cleaning I like things to be clean and there's a difference um Andy and I because I took on a couple of new commitments around Christmas time I actually wasn't managing to get to the housework and so I did a school one friend of mine has a cleaning company and she was coming twice a month which was a big treat for us I mean it really was but those two days of the month were my favorite two days <laughs> <laughs> my favorite. I'd get home you know I'd leave Sam to it and I'd get back and she's a really good cleaner and I just get back and everything because you can never do the whole house in one go when you're a housewife can you no, no. I'm having to split it in shifts like so I clean the house yesterday bottom like floor mop yeah <laughs> don't I've become obsessed with mopping though because I hate the black spots and then I hate the fact that everybody runs in five minutes after I've cleaned it with no shoes on it really irritates me and I'm like I know and then you get be three. Three. yeah 
Yeah, it's so annoying. So I really mm. like, there's nothing I love more than like home fragrances, massive for me. And that's why I love my essential oils and anything that smells good. And I will literally just make every room smell divine and then walk from room to, I'm like a bonkers person, walk from room to room on my own, just walking in, looking at it. <sighs> <laughs> And then going into the next room and just marvelling at how clean How many different smells have you got going in your house then? How many different smells? Yeah, have you got different smells in each room? (laughs) Well, uh, well, I've got got something on at the moment. I've got, look, you can look at my new, can you see that little lamp at the back of me? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in there. Um, That's, it's, it's like a fruity, it's called Island Bowl. It's a wax melt called Island Bowl, but it smells sort of, it's got an edge to it, like it's almost a woody edge. I like, I like aftershavey smells. I like, mm. I don't like fruity or floral. And I love, as I said to you before we recorded again, I'm obsessed with the smell of essential oils. I love them. Really lifts me. Like a bath with expensive oil or, or bath foam is just, I find it a massive mood booster. In fact, am I allowed to name drop? It's just that Radox have got this amazing bath salts at the moment. They, they're like 99p in savers, so you don't have to spend a lot of money. And um, they, they've got menthol in them, and they make the whole upstairs smell divine. Radox, in a big bag. Yeah. Written that down. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. I'm not going to advertise, I'm not going to like give expensive stuff the airtime, because then people can't go and share it. We can share the love with some Radox, can't we? We can. Let's yeah. share, tell us about you. Tell us about you when you were presenting and how everything's happened. Since how everything happened. People probably wondered where you've been. Well, I got, I actually fell into TV presenting by accident. I was a ballet dancer and uh, I think I just got kicked out of Phantom of the Opera. I was a bit average, wasn't really. And I couldn't sing or do jazz or anything like that. So I wasn't ever going to get another job in musical theatre. And I got spotted in a dance audition and got picked up as a live presenter on Nickelodeon when it was still quite a fledgling channel. And then from there, I got spotted again. I was so lucky and got handpicked to go and do the girly show. Got myself the same agent as Dermot O'Leary and Davina McCall had at the time, John Now Management. And then I worked for like pretty, I mean, I didn't, I had lots of different agents. I didn't stay with them, but I worked pretty consistently for about 20 years, really. But I drifted out of fashion when I got older, that old ageism thing. And I probably didn't play the game like I should have done. I probably wasn't whining and dining the right people. And I was in a serious relationship for a lot of the time I was in. So I wasn't schmoozing or socialising with the big wigs, which you sort of, your Zoe Balls and your Sarah Coxes and all those people. They weren't schmoozing. They were just genuinely mates with these people. And it's telly's tiny. Yeah. If you're not actually mates with a commissioning editor, then they're probably not going to think of you when they're trying to find talent for their next big TV gig. So I sort of fell by the wayside, which was devastating. I've always said it was the worst heartbreak. It was worse than any man's ever broken my heart. TV Mm. broke my heart into a billion pieces. And um, just watching it all ebb away, watching the emails dry up, the invitations dry up, the friendships dry up because you're not, Mm. you know, you're not as useful or as fabulous as you were. And then my last TV job I did, which was called Angela and Friends, it was Angela Griffiths. It was like a Loose Women on Sky One. It was really good, but it was up against Loose Women. So it was a complete disaster for Sky, even though it was a great show. And I met Andy, he was producing. I met my husband on that. And um, we got together and pretty quickly, because I was 38 by then, pretty quickly I honey trapped that bugger. (laughs) 
I, think I did ask him if I could have his baby and he said it was okay. <laughs> it wasn't one of those nasty, I'm having it whether you want to stick around or not. Um, we had Hunter when I was 40, closely yeah. followed by Autumn. There's only nine months between them. And then I've been in a mummy bubble since then and started sort of po poking my head above the parapet about three years ago. And I got an Instagram, really. I mean, Instagram's an amazing thing. I really, it, yeah. you can have a great relationship with it. But I got on Instagram and sort of wanted to reinvent myself as an influencer, as a mummy blogger. I realized that was going to be really hard because the whole place was saturated with mummy bloggers. So I just did my own thing. And little by little, bits and pieces have come back. So I announce on Challenge. I, I'm the in-between shows announcer. I write the scripts for that. I'm doing an oration for Channel 5 about cosmetic surgery soon. And you um, said that's like botched, didn't you, that programme? Yeah, it's like botched. It's called Cosmetic Surgery Nightmares. And I think it's, I've, I've been really cramming the shows in, so I think it's coming out quite soon. So that'll be a bit of watch it through your fingers evening. <laughs> oh, if it's anything that I have to confess, I do watch botch. Occasionally. I know, and Love also it. Channel 5 <laughs> do those shows so well. They've yeah. caught the market brilliantly. Um, and and also launching a podcast. We're doing the pilot this week, so I'm excited to uh, to be on yours. Uh, will you come on mine? Will you come on mine? Definitely, we'd love to. So now I do loads of things, and I also do a bit of network marketing uh, with a company that sell um, wax and warmers, which I'm really enjoying. I mean, it's a bit of a hustle, but I don't think there's anything wrong with network marketing if you love the product. I don't. I hate it when people are naysayers about it. So I do a bit of everything really now, and I'm busy as hell, which is great, and I'm not complaining. It will be nice when things calm down when the homeschooling goes away yeah yeah oh yeah oh it's hideous isn't it but oh, you've actually managed to do quite a lot though haven't you and I like the fact that you you know your honesty about your career and everything as well because you don't really hear that enough about people who are honest about stuff actually and I oh, like I do, yeah. yeah I mean I don't see that the one thing I realized really quickly was like do you know the people that look after the agents that look after Holly Willoughby and Philip Schofield all those sort of really super successful people I'm sure, this is only my opinion, but I, I'm almost convinced this is probably true, that they tell their clients to act like stars. So people then sort of go, oh, they're being a right diva. It's like Gemma Collins. I mean, she's oh, just an girl. And she's vile. She's, she's not a nice, polite girl. But my God, the way How she... That program, though? I mean... Because, because I don't know, oh. she almost demands that treatment, like star treatment. And yeah. so... But what I've learned very quickly is that the people <laughs> I want to attract into my world wear their heart on their sleeve like I do. They're unfiltered. They are real. They're not hiding behind, you know. I mean, don't, if I have Botox, I'll tell you I've had Botox. You know, I'm you not. You had Botox. I'm not going to. I have had, yeah. I'm desperate to go get some more. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I find amazing about you, you saying that it all dried up and all that kind of stuff is when I remember watching you on TV, I remember I always used to say, oh, I, if you would say Sarah Kaywood, I would always say, oh, yeah, I really like her. And it's like people had an instant affinity with you because of what you say, because you you were like real. The girly show was real. It was like it's yeah. innovative because it was girls in control, sort of making fun of guys. And it's kind of a flipping, turning the tables yeah. thing. TV is a bit of a double-edged sword because on the one hand, they want talent that are unapproachable and 
like you sort of Holly Willoughby, like, right. I just, I think, I mean, Holly and I were best friends for a long time, but now, no disrespect to her, if I sat down to have dinner with her now, we would have zero things in common, you know, and I want to sit down and chat with people who are like-minded, but I think in telly, there aren't that many TV presenters that are like that anymore. If you think about, you know, even like, bless her, Caroline Flack, she was actually very sweet, I think, but what she was portraying was real star quality, wasn't it? Mm. Like this life lived through the tabloids and the Shoreditch flats and Holly's Barnes mansion and all, and it's just, and so I guess there's two schools of thought. There's having aspirational people to watch and having people that you think you might be able to go and drink yourself still yeah. to watch. And I'd sense. rather watch those people. So I like to think of myself as one of those people than the aspirational ones who, mm. I guess, you know what? They tap into my jealousy. They tap mm. into my resentment of them. And then I don't like myself because I'm watching them and thinking, I don't like you. But the reason I don't like that person is because I'm jealous of all the things that happen. <laughs> they are. But I don't really want to admit that to myself. So I'm much more at home watching someone like, I don't know, like I suppose like Andrea McLean or Kay Adams. Kay Adams is so real. And yeah. down to earth. And yeah. you know, those, I can't think of other TV presenters off the top of my head that I really, really like. I always thought Davina was really down to earth, actually. Yeah. yeah. Isn't she? That's, who, Isn't that's she? who you remind me of. That's who you remind me of in that, that likability. I used to watch things with you in them or with her in them based on the personality of you. Because yeah. I'd be like, Sarah Kaywood's on it. Davina's on it. Kat and I both obsessed with Melissa McCarthy, the actress. Oh, so whatever, yeah. whatever she Otherwise, she just seems quite real, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah we just like we just with her. We just love her. We just want to, to watch anything she's in because we love her. We imagine she's just a cool person, and that kind of it's like I'm obsessed with Louis Theroux, and you know anything yeah. he does, anything he's in. So you're one of those for me. You were one oh, of those kind of people you. that. So well, that's that why I find it funny that people didn't, you know, want to keep using you for that kind of draw because yeah, people, it's just a you, small it's just a small pond that they fish from yeah and there were people yeah. they were they were fishing with their mates really that was kind of all it probably was um yeah. and uh, so the thing about Davina this is the thing that I think is so clever about her obviously when she was doing Big Brother and um, she felt like all of our best mates um did you know that for I think for a few of the later series of Big Brother before Emma Willis took over she was helicoptering from her house in the south of France on a Friday to do that show you <laughs> know you'd never know would you like she was so down to earth and that's what I sort of liked about her because I didn't give a shit about the house in the south of France so I was like be my guest you yeah. seem so lovely that I am not going to resent you for having a helicopter bring you to the Big Brother studio every Friday <laughs> your house in the south of France good on you girl yeah, <sighs> you know what I mean? yeah. I think, well, though, for me the girly show it was that sort of pinnacle point where we were at that sort of age though as well where it was you know it was all right to go out and be a girl who went and had a drink and had a laugh you know mm. like it was that sort of changing of age wasn't it and I just think that's what that show represented there is nothing like that now though well don't you no. think I really think the girly show like sort of almost laid the slag to rest you know like it's and even now if you get caught saying that it's okay for a guy to play the field and not okay for a girl to play the field you can really get lynched for that because that is a massive double standard you know yeah. as long as you mm. practice safe sex and you are being responsible for your own health mentally and physically then shag who the hell you like <laughs> 
I'm not going to tell my daughter that she's got to save herself. You know, I might say it would be nice if you were in love for your first time, you know, but if you're not and you're shit faced on Lambrusco and it's behind the bike sheds, then you'll learn to live with it. I think um, the, the other thing about it, though, is that <laughs> going back to the day of the girly show and now, we didn't have all types of social media, you know, a lot yeah. more shaming going on through that. I mean, yes. I'm really pleased that wasn't around when I was younger. Have you ever seen that meme that says, um, the 90s, many memories, no photos? Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly God. it, isn't it? You're kind <laughs> of free now because everything is a picture. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, I would have, oh, my TV career would have been over before it began. <laughs> <laughs> Taking illicit photographs. Of, oh, geez, I dread to think. And that's, uh, do you think that's why it's hard now for girls to, sort of, why we don't have that kind of programme for girls or whatever anymore? Because everybody can be caught at something all of the time. I think that's probably why, I think girls are more cautious themselves. I think there's, definitely room in the market for a tv show like that but it's the sort of i think that girls are, are they're very different now to how they were then like us lot in the 90s going out and partying and you know we didn't care if we were a bit smudged or if there was a photo with a bit of red eye or our eyes were half closed and all of that business but now every girl i mean they can't relax because every time some, they do a selfie they've got to stop for 20 minutes and filter the out of it you know before they'll have it allowed to be shared on social media I mean I've seen my teenage nieces do photos and they're like no delete that one delete that one just delete that one and it's like that's a perfect <laughs> photograph so presumably they can't even have a decent night out really no yeah. they just have to think about it all the time don't they yeah and also but they are their own worst enemies because they want to look perfect all the time and yeah. in the 90s, we didn't care we were far more interested in having a good time and I think fashion demonstrates this than looking good because <laughs> there's atrocities out there in the 90s weren't there oh god i know i don't know what i was thinking i don't think i was thinking <laughs> was those, the block heels that came back recently the real oh like the buffalo heels well those oh, the dainty shoes with big square blocks. oh yeah yeah Okay. Yeah, nasty. they always do that, don't they? They do bring things back around, which I wish they just kept back in the cupboard. Yeah. Of like, if you could go back now and sort of, you know, speak to your younger self about all of this stuff, what would you say to your younger self? I would, but the first thing I'd probably say is don't worry about telly giving up on you. Just go and find something else to do. Just you are worthwhile. Screw what they think. Move on. Because I didn't move mm -hmm. on for a really long time. And it really defined me. I think I was probably a bit of a bore to be around, constantly moaning mm. about the fact I couldn't get hired and rather than just going, oh, well, fuck them. You know, it's like mm. their loss. I'd love to have been that kind of girl. I never used to do it with boys either. If I got dumped, I'd be devastated every time. And I really wanted to be the kind of woman that was just like, you know, well, what is it? Do my hair toss, check my nails. Baby, Baby, how are you feeling? Feeling, feeling good. good as well. you know I mean, I really yeah. wanted to be that kind of woman, but I wasn't. I'd be the one eating ice cream and watching Sex in the City back to back and crying. And we, <laughs> I read, it's just not that into you. I read Men are from Mars, Women are from Venus. I read the rules. I read them all. Oh, so what finally healed you? And was it having children? Moving on to something else? Yeah, I think so. Well, just, and also just time. <laughs> time. Yeah. It was never going to come back. But having kids is really, it would have been awful if I'd had kids and then 
had to hand them to a nanny. I mean, I worked for Heart Radio for a year when Autumn was born and I did hand her to a nanny for nearly a year and it was horrible, you know, and I was hardly making any money either because we were paying the nanny so much. Right. Yeah, being stay at home has been lovely. I mean, and also, well, I'm freelance, so I can do bits and pieces, voiceovers here and there. But, um, but really, I have to remind myself sometimes that all I ever wanted was to get married and have children. And when mm. I was sort of doing lonely single girl in the noughties, in the mid-noughties, miserable, crying into a pint of white wine, you know, <laughs> I, <laughs> if somebody had said to that girl, you will have your happy ending. I wouldn't have believed them. But sometimes now when Andy and I are bickering and the kids are doing my head in, I have to remind myself, this is what I always wanted. <laughs> this is the dream. So how are you all coping in lockdown? <laughs> um, well, we're doing what, this is the, the liberty. The difficult thing is, I mean, look, we, have you all got, have we all got a garden? Yeah. Yes, thank garden. God. We're all in, in, we're all outside of inner London, you know. I'm looking out the window now and I can see the estuary in Leon Sea, like going up the river, going up to the city. And the kids are healthy and we're healthy and none of our family have been ill. My dad's not very well, but nobody's had COVID except us. We've had it, weirdly. Have you? Um, well, we think so. We're almost positive just before lockdown. Andy and I went to the Mulan premiere. You know, the live action Disney film? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really good. And my friend from America is a, a movie producer who I met when I was a teenager, basically. Um, and he said, do you want to come? And he'd come over from LA, but they cancelled the red carpet. It was just before lockdown. Cancelled the red carpet. And it was literally, go and watch the film, get out. But nobody was wearing. We saw a couple of people with masks on the tube. And Chris went home and tested positive from the oh, premiere like the next day and then we got ill a few days later and instantly were a bit it was mother's day remember because we cancelled our mother's day plans because we were a bit worried about the in-laws coming over we felt a bit rough and andy had a fever i had a fever andy had a bit of a cough and we both felt really rank but the thing that nailed it for us was about four days in we both lost our sense of taste and smell for what they've been saying in the last well over a week and that's never happened to Andy before it happens to me every time I have a bad cold but that's never happened mm. to me before and then Andy's brother who'd only really seen us cut his hand and it started to go septic so they took him to Chelmsford and because he presented with a temperature they did a coronavirus test and he's came back positive Oh, God. Oh. So we're just doing the maths and we're like, well, if we had had it, Andy must have passed it on to his brother on a bike ride. But Dan, who tested positive, literally just had a bad headache and a fever. That was it. So it just I can't show you how easily it spreads, though. Yeah. And yeah. it just makes you wonder how many of us have actually already had it. Yeah. yeah. And not even realised it. I mean, we, for as far as we're aware, John and Rosemary, my in-laws, who live six doors down, they didn't get it. And John's health is brilliant. He suffers with his chest, so we really wanted to keep ourselves away from him. Well, we probably were around them when we were infectious, but they didn't, nothing happened. So, yeah, I'm fairly certain. Not that that means anything, because they don't know, because it's such a new virus. They don't know if we can be reinfected or if we can certainly carry it again or whatever. So the only thing an antibody test will prove is that we've had it. <laughs> That's mm. all. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, apart yeah. from that, we really can't moan about being in lockdown. Andy and I are both lucky enough to be working and our outgoings are right down because we're not going anywhere or doing anything. So, mm. you know, as my friend Gina said, you're winning at lockdown, really. So I feel a bit churlish when I do start moaning about being sick of the kids and sick of the husband and sick of the whole situation because 
people are dying. So yeah, people are dying. Yeah. yeah, that is true. But you are allowed to have a little moon as well. Yeah, yeah, because no, because we're only human. But yeah. I think you've got to find your audience for the moon, haven't you? <laughs> you be. have, but I think you know you you like you've expressed your silver linings. Yeah. But actually, you know, we're in this 24-7 with the same people Yeah. You know, for nine weeks now, so, allowed to be bored of each other. It's, yeah, you know, yeah. It's united front, I think. Everybody's bored of each other. Yeah. <laughs> for me, the problem with the current situation is not the current situation. It's not knowing when it will ever end. If it yeah. will ever end. And then I think to myself, I think about the restaurants, I think about the gig industry. I've got loads of friends in the music industry and I think about Theatreland, which is now closed until after Christmas. And I think about all the people that I know that are theatre performers and I just think, oh God. I mean, then I sort of just have anxiety about the impact it's just having on all of us as a whole, you know, mm. and the fact that it might never end. They might never find a vaccine. I might never be able to cuddle my mum again. Oh God, no. You no, know I mean, that's really tough. I, mean, I haven't seen, this is the longest I've been without seeing my mum since in forever, I think, probably. Does your mum live in Peterborough? Yeah, no, she's in Peterborough. I'm in Leon C and she's in Peterborough, so it's a good two hour, 20 minute drive. But so there's no use me going to sit at the end of her drive and see her. Is that where you're you only no, I've got um, two. I've got a brother and a sister, Liberty. My brother's my brother lives near my mum, so he's been checking in on her and my stepdad and my dad and my stepmom. And yeah, they're all everyone's fine. It's just a bit. It's just yeah. It's just I was thinking about this before I came up here to talk to you guys because I knew we'd be talking about this, and I was hoovering the sitting room for the billionth time this week. I just thought we've got nothing to look forward to, any of us, have we? There's no holiday, there's no gig, there's no comedy night, there's no meal out. I mean, I think Andy and I are going to have an Indian takeaway this weekend and I am beside myself with excitement. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the sad thing is that I think my kids are kind of thinking that the doors will one day open and we'll just go outside and it will all be like it was. Yeah. And it's, and it's so gradual. I mean, my kids have been totally locked down apart from walking the dogs, which is literally out the door, across the street and then into the park. Yeah, And then the other day I had to go into town to get a prescription and my husband's working full time. He works at the airport and um, I had to take my daughter with me. And I was like, oh my God, people are going to be really, you know, you should not supposed to take kids anywhere. Yeah, but you, but could could be single mom. you could be a single mum. You could be a single mum. I know. I just, I just felt really, I just felt like, oh my God, Anxious. they're going to, yeah. Mm. I overthink everything. And I was like panicking. And then actually when I walked her up to the chemist, she was like, oh I remember this street I remember that bin and I thought oh my god she hasn't been anywhere for nine weeks or something and then I thought she actually probably needed this yeah more than more than I realized and she was luckily children are really adaptable and we don't give them enough credit for that and they won't I remember my parents divorced the first time divorced each other twice (laughs) but the first time me I know, honestly, couldn't make up their minds. Um, the first time was when I was seven. And then the next time oh. I was 19. The second time it happened, I was like, don't come to me whining about your love life. I've got my own things to worry about. <laughs> but the first time I was seven. And I don't think I cried one tear over it. I was just like, oh, something new. This is all oh, new, new, new world order. Okay, fine. I just oh. literally just rolled with it. And all my friends are like, oh, I'm sure you, sh- you probably need therapy because of what you happened with your parents. I'm like, no, I think children are very adaptable. They're yeah. just as long as they're loved and 
you know, looked after, emotion, their emotional well-being is looked after and they're fed and clothed and they've got toys to play with. They're pretty happy and you have to remember as well, most kids' favourite people are their parents, younger kids. Mm. <laughs> but really, I mean, but most of them, they're like, you know, they're in clover. They've never spent so much time with mum and dad. They're loving it. Oh. I do love that we're having sort of all of our dinners and stuff together, though. I know that's yeah. really fun. I do love that part of it. Um, because that just makes me feel like at least we're getting a proper chatter and we're sort of paying attention to each other. That is something I'm really enjoying. Yeah. And we'll never get, I mean, we'll never get this time back. It's funny though, like anything, you know, say I come back on the podcast in a year and we sort of review all of this, we'll be like, oh, you know, we were trying to be in the moment, but we will look back on it with much more rose-tinted glasses. We will enjoy it much more retrospectively than we are at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. Christmases when you're a kid, 80s Christmases. At the time, they were probably a bit naff, but now you look back at photos and you're like, oh, they were the best. <laughs> it is weird how we do that, though. We do block all the bad crap. <laughs> like, yeah, that's like, very clever brain trick. Yeah, yeah, it's like childbirth. Hmm. Absolutely. I wouldn't yeah, know that. All of that My stuff. came out the top. <laughs> Welcome to One Size Does Not Fit All with Well Life Tribe. We're sponsored by Renourish. Renourish are delicious grab and go fresh soups in a pioneering, heatable, fully recyclable bottle. Renourish soups are plant based, gluten free, dairy free, and packed with vitamins. Find them in all Waitrose stores. So, how old are they? They're six. An eight. An eight. So autumn eight. will be seven in October. So there's 19 months between them. So they will go back to school, not go back to school? She will go have... back to school. And I've, I've filled in the questionnaire for school. I think some schools aren't opening and some schools are. I think ours is. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I would love to know behind closed doors mm. what the reasoning from the government is. Um, mm. Because I, there's stuff they can't tell us. Yeah. You know, they, they probably know. I think we've got to, like, listen, I'm no massive fan of this government. I think they've cocked up quite a few things along the way. But I think at this point, now we're right in it, we have to assume that they've got our best interests at heart. You know, they're mm-hmm. not, I don't think that they will let reception year one and year six go back if they think some teacher is going to die of COVID-19 because they will have blood on their hands. They will have thought very carefully about this. And what I suspect is they're wanting to alleviate the pressure on parents working from home a little Mm -hmm. bit. But also I read a fantastic Guardian article yesterday with lots of different scientists talking about different sides of it. But most of them generally agreed that the younger children certainly don't seem to pick it up. They might be carrying it, but they certainly don't get it very badly. And they're just ascertaining now whether they are very infectious. Apparently, in only something like, don't quote me on this, but it's something quite low, like in only 15% or 20% of cases has coronavirus started in a household because of a child. Whereas flu, it's something like 70% of children flew into a household. Apparently it's like 80% of coronaviruses are started by an adult in the household. So they obviously know stuff about the children and about how the virus reacts with them. They know more than they're telling us. 
that's what I'm hoping it's something to do with the lung tissue. They've yeah. got lung tissue to us. Yeah. Why they're less inclined to get it than we are. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what I'm hoping anyway. But, you know, I, I've got to send Autumn back for all of our mental health, really, because she, <laughs> she really needs to go back and be in a, even though I keep telling her how different it's going to be, she's ready. Mm. She's still ready for that. She's still ready. And I don't think they will socially distance. I don't think they can. But I think the schools know that too. I think they'll try, but I think the schools know that they're going to touch, the kids are going to touch each other, but they are going to make them wash their hands. They're going to, they'll all have their own pencil case, their own drawing stuff. They'll eat pat lunches at their tables. They'll have the plastic partitions in between each desk. So they'll be in a little bubble apart from at break times. Yeah, that's going to be quite weird for them, isn't it? Having all of that around them. Well, yeah, actually, I was going to say they will have seen it at the supermarkets, but of course they haven't been. No. Yeah. But like I said, they'll just they'll just go. Oh, right, okay. Well, mummy told me it might be a bit different, and it's a bit different. And I was going to say they were saying like eighty five percent of teachers are not keen to go back. Well, yeah. So I that's mean, kind of going to be a bit. Of a I feel like with the teachers, they're not going to be able to go back and do their jobs properly. And I understand that. I understand how frustrating that must be for them. And I bet they feel like they're going back to be childcare to a certain degree, and they probably are. But I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like they need to try for our sakes. Give yeah. it a go. We've all got to start somewhere. We've all got to just... Yeah, there might never normal. be a vaccine. So we're going to have to get on with this new normal. And it's not like they're sending us there, oh, throwing open the doors and saying, right, back you go. You know, yeah. and I don't think... And nobody has to send their children back. I don't think there'll be that many kids at autumn school that go back. I know lots of the mums are saying no, but it's mainly the ones that don't work from home or aren't working or are furloughed until October. Yeah. Yeah. So many kids are far less fortunate than ours and that school is when they get a meal. Yeah, is, they, get, know, they get respite from, you know, uh, mentally ill parents or yeah. all those other social problems. You know, they're stuck yeah. at home. You just don't even want to go down that rabbit hole, do you, of the domestic violence numbers and the child abuse numbers and all of those numbers that are just rising and rising. And the government have had this huge balancing act to do to look after the death, the coronavirus death rate, but also look after all the other variables that are getting worse as a result of the pandemic. And God, I wouldn't want to be the man in charge at all. Boris Johnson's oh. all he ever wanted. All he ever wanted to be prime minister. <laughs> and now he needs like the worst job on the planet. In fact, <laughs> from what I can gather from the briefings, he's actually sacked it off and gone. Yeah, he's, <laughs> up. he's disappeared. I'm gonna go play with my newborn. Bye. <laughs> oh my God. I think what everybody's sort of doing, and like you say, you know, we are obviously super grateful to be really healthy and everything. But we are in, you know, we're in week nine or whatever this is mm. now, eight, nine, whatever it is. And we've still got a few more weeks until we get this R number to the right place. You know, mm. numbers are going down and everything. And I don't know, everybody's slightly getting, I'm getting bored of watching the news. Mm. Um, well, there's I, nothing you know, new, is there now? There's, yeah. no, there's no new news. They don't even tell us how many people are dying a day now. No, but it's also the fact that ever since that announcement last week, I don't know, but I've been out in the car a couple of times to do stuff. There is a load of people. It looks normal to me outside already, though. Mm. Yeah, it does, doesn't yeah. it? And that's ter- I do find that terrifying. Well, yeah. people in a group together. Just I know. You know, just drove out to get something. It's, where, mm. it's in the supermarket when you're like, I wait at the end of an aisle if it's a busy aisle and I'm waiting for people, but somebody will come up behind me, realise I'm waiting and just get bored and brush past me to get into the really <laughs> busy aisle. And I'm like, 
come on, I'm trying here. Come on, I'm trying. You've got to try yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. I think people are getting bored, aren't they? And that is where we are this week. That's why we're all bored of each yeah. other. It's definitely not having anything to look forward to because everything's cancelled. It's not like even if we could come out of lockdown, there was stuff on. Like even if no. they said, right, you can all go about your business. Well, we go, well, where are we going to go? There's no pubs, there's no restaurants. All the, everything recreational is gone, isn't yeah. it? Everything. In Italy, they're opening everything up this week, aren't they? Your bars, your restaurants. They really. Do you know yeah. in Sweden, they never locked down at all? Nothing ever closed? No, they no. were vulnerable in, didn't they? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got a lot of time for the Scandinavians. And, and apparently, I think I'm right, but their death rate per capita is higher than anywhere else in Europe, but they know, because they're sensible people, that when we ease the lockdown, our rate will go up and theirs will have remained steady. So he said, actually, by the end of the pandemic, we all will probably have a death rate that's sort of, when you look, he says, you'll know how the countries that dealt with it, like South Korea, were going, yeah, we've done this really, really well. But of course, as soon as you ease lockdown, it's like pulling a bing back, Mm -hmm. an elastic band right back. If you pull it back far enough, and then you let go, it has much more trajectory, doesn't it? And I just think that's why the Swedes, I'm sort of on board with what they've done. They've put social distance measurements in place and all of that, but they haven't just locked down their economy. So no, and the looks of it, it looks like a relatively sensible. It's gonna recover much quicker. They'll have less of a recession. We, we meanwhile, are gonna have the worst recession we've ever seen. We're gonna oh, get that's taxed. so depressing. We're going to get taxed so much, aren't we? Oh. Oh. Holidays are just going to be nigh on impossible because the flights are going to be treble. You know, everything's just going to be... I said to my stockbroker, though, the other day, a stockbroker mate next door, I said, what can't we have? Given that this has happened to the whole world, can't you get... What's the financial, the global financial... Um, I can't remember what the name is. But anyway, whoever looks after the worldwide money, can't they the, just sort yeah. of reset they're not a reset but because we've all got can't they just work out the debt per country as a result of covid19 and then just wipe it because we're all it the money's the transient concept isn't it yeah just level it just level just... it off like a financial resetting but yeah he said that's a very good question but he didn't know how easy it would be to implement <laughs> just make make loads more pound coins you yeah. can't do that can you because that's inflation there that like affects oh, inflation yeah. And they become worth nothing. Yeah, become worth <laughs> Anyway, look, we're going down a rabbit hole, women. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or a wormhole. Which one? <laughs> so tell us about your, because um, you've also got Create and Craft TV, haven't you? Well, yes, I don't work, I don't work as a presenter on Create and Craft, but I got, um, I basically, I know Nigel Day, who's one of their presenters, is absolutely lovely. And a couple of years ago, I sort of said to him, do you think there's an in there for me? And they got me over there, but they're in Peterborough, so they're near mum. And I couldn't commute there to do the online stuff, which is, you know, those sorts of presenters, like your QVCs, your creating crafts, they're really great presenters because they are, not only are they likable on camera, they feel like your mate, they're also sales, brilliant salespeople. So they're so clever. Um, and I didn't really want to do that anyway, but they started using me on lots of other things. So they got me doing the blog because I love to do it. I'm not crafty but I love to have a go at it. Like I can't really crochet. I can't really knit. I don't know my way around a sewing machine. But I love to have a go and I love mm. making things. And, when, and if I follow a tutorial and it comes out really well, I'm always so proud of myself. <laughs> I'm like most people, I think. Um, so they got me doing the blog. And then as soon as lockdown started, they said, would I do two live streams a week, Tuesday and Sunday at 10.30 with the kids? 
So basically, because oh. they've, they've got a very aging demographic, it's basically 60 plus. So I think they wanted to bring in perhaps the younger crowd. So they were like, you know, Sarah's crafting with her kids. You can get involved or craft along with her. So that's what we've been doing twice a week. That's really fun to do with your kids, though. It's really good fun. Except what are you making? Well, this morning, oh my God, it was really good. I mean, I'm only, there's no original ideas, is there? So this morning we made little fishies. We cut them out. It was like an oval shape. And then we embellished them and cut out little eyes, stuck an eye on. And then we got tissue paper and cut it into strips and made the tail like Japanese fighting fish. Oh, yeah. Mm. That on. And then I pierced it through the paper, put some clear plastic wire that I happened to have, but you could use thread. It would be fine. Knotted it. I opened the window of the conservatory and hung it on the knob outside and it looks like it's swimming in the breeze. Oh, amazing. It was so easy to do. And if you did loads of them, you could have a whole school of them. You could just put them on a ceiling by an open window. And it was really effective. Go and have a look. It's at Create and Craft. My daughter loves all that stuff. And um, yeah, yeah, I mean, they're worth following. A lot of it's paper craft that they do because, you know, ladies of a certain age love to make cards. My mum's obsessed with making cards. But yeah, they have other fun stuff on there as well. And they've got their websites quite quite fun as well they've got quite a lot of kiddies stuff on there now they had a revamp and they've used me to do a bit of influencing for them as well since the beginning of the year so yeah they're fab I really it's a really nice company it's just gentle yeah your your own website is sweet as well I saw your mum on there and oh, I don't do anything you were... so liberty it's just I, great spin. I can't so my Instagram feed goes on there um but I never update it but you sort of need a web but although that said unless you're offering something like you guys if it's just like for me I just think if you're if, if it's personality driven then an Instagram account is probably enough isn't it yeah, I love them. Des tried to convince herself. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got loads of great work everywhere, though. You've got loads to share. But I'm such a tech dunce that actually having, like, consolidating it all onto my website is just, I'd have to have help. But that's the problem with me and technology is what takes most people five minutes to do will take me two hours and so it's not a good use of liberty while you say this yeah and don't you i I end up crying liberty you the same i I do so frustrated with myself yeah i like go into my own personal lockdown and like hide myself away this is not my first lockdown i like if i can't do something i'm just like oh my god i can never answer the phone again cats asked me to do this really easy thing and i can't work it out and how can I ever go into the work again? They're going to think I'm really stupid. And then I let it drag on. And yeah, I'm just ridiculous. Yeah. Just didn't, I've never really had an office job. I was cabin crew for BA for like 10 years. And, oh, and you so, might know my friend Carrie. Who's Carrie? Carrie what? Carrie Blows, her maiden name was. Now it's Carrie Not. And actually she married a steward. She found a non-gay one. What? <laughs> I know. She's really fit too, Darren. So yeah, she's having crew. Now she works on they're having a horrible time though. She's having a yeah. horrible time. She works on the ground now. But yeah, you see, but we've got life skills, Liberty. Life <laughs> skills. Still got life skills. You've got, yeah. you've got mad people skills, and I know because of knowing <laughs> Carrie that you can rustle up something really fancy out of nothing in that galley. I know it. Because <laughs> Carrie used to do wine courses and all sorts. She did used to yeah. work first class, but yeah, it was good. I did a first class course. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long Your time talent, ago. 
Your talents lie in other places. That's what you got to tell yourself anyway. Yeah, I'm still rubbish on the computer. You my eight-year-old's uh, amazing. <laughs> my daughter's amazing. She's like making movies and all sorts of stuff. But, so clever. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. did. A, I did a film for Creating Craft recently. It was a little influencing video, and I did it. And they wouldn't have wanted me to edit it, but it was like twenty minutes long and boring of us just all the bit in between and the kids forget because they can't see a television camera or a monitor. They just don't realize on telly. So Autumn is picking a nose and eating it. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided I would edit it a bit. And I, so it was my first time. So I put it into iMovie and cut it down. And then Andy finished it off and did all the really fancy bits, like all the, the blurs, like the transition shots and stuff. Anyway, when it came, when I put it on Instagram, it was like that big. It was like a little tiny thumbnail in the middle of a big black screen. And I was like, what have I done? Andy and I had a big row about it. <laughs> that you're meant to film in landscape and I'd filmed it in portrait. Oh, If no. you're going to edit for like a, to put on Instagram, to put a, a video on Instagram, you should film it in landscape. And then when you import it into iMovie, then you can edit it and it'll be the right size. But if you do it in portrait, it's not the right size. That was a steep learning curve. So I had to get my influencer friend, Amy, who is a whiz at all this stuff. She's the woman that we want to be, Liberty. And I just <laughs> sent it, she went, send it over, I'll fix it. And she fixed it in like, it was at 10 o'clock at night and she like, she had it fixed by the next morning for me to upload. Incredible skills. I know, I'm rubbish. Mm. One day, I'll be good by the time I'm 60. Yeah, we've all got our strengths. <laughs> Um, we could talk to you even more, but we've been gassing away for about an hour and a half now. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Lovely. It's the most female interaction I've had in nine weeks. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about your um, oils. Well, I've oh, got, yeah. as I told you, I love the essential oils. Actually, I bought a diffuser recently. Well, I saved up my host credits for this company that I work for. And I got a diffuser. So I have got a natural blend of oils. But I really need to get some essential oils because I'm in love. I didn't think I was that bothered. I thought I was all about the wax melts, which just are a nice smell. And a nice smell can lift you, but it has no therapeutic properties. But then I put this diffuser on for the first time. and It's got a lavender blend that I bought with it. It was so lovely. And it's just pure fragrance, isn't it? So you just have it on. It, it goes for eight hours till the wells run dry. People always say those diffusers are so, they're like, they're so expensive. I'm like, yeah, but... They're an amazing bit of kit. Like the way, I think it's a motor that blends the water and the oils together so quickly that it becomes a vapor. It's like magic. So I'm going to invest in some essential oils for that, I think. But the other thing, because obviously I can't have one of those in every room because they're about 180 quid. I've got one, which is my baby, but the rest of the house, I just have wax warmers, but they're plug-in ones. Yeah. So they're not tea light ones, which is, which apparently burn, that burns the wax. And the, sm oh. and the scented wax, these ones warm it. So you have a longer, what's called a longer scent circle. So the fragrance lasts longer. But yeah, I'm all about a yummy smell. Yeah, and I bought a couple of you, um, which I really liked actually. Yeah. Uh, I usually drown out when we're at work. I, I drown Liberty out and lemongrass. <laughs> oh, I love the smell of lemongrass. What's your favorite essential oil smell? I really like those clean linen smells. Me into that sort, which is oh, why really? I that jasmine one that you sent me. Yeah, I love the lemongrass because it makes me feel like I'm in a spa. Yes, yeah, I love a spa smell. So there's there's one there's a wax melt with the company that I work with called um, Just Breathe, and it smells a bit like it's only wax. It's just a you know like a scented candle, but it's wax bar. But it smells a bit like 
a more gentle version of old bass and it smells oh, like you, oh. you know with the steam room smell it's yeah. that smell mm. it's that smell mm. walking into a steam room so that's lush but i like i like lemongrass i do like lavender i know it has i like lavender it has a bad old lady rep doesn't it but i'm a big fan yeah. of lavender yeah mm. Yeah, lemongrass is definitely my favourite, but yeah, I'm, I am using them. I find them quite calming, actually. And I find that they calm my kids down, weirdly. Well, if it's an essential oil blend, it will, won't it? Like, yeah. you know, with the company that I sell for, we aren't allowed to make therapeutic claims about the wax and the warmers or the natural oil blends, but we can about the essential oil blends because there's concrete proof that lavender is calming and chamomile is calming. I can't think offhand what's uplifting. I don't know, but you know, whatever, and they have those uplifting, and we can say to people, that'll change. Orange is quite uplifting, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I don't know whether it has the essential oil stamp of, you know, because some of them are like, I love, like when I was pregnant, I remember in the third trimester, I started putting a bit of clary sage in my bath because I'd heard that it can induce labour. <laughs> that and that funny tea, raspberry tea. <laughs> Yeah, raspberry leaf tea and clary sage as well. That's meant to be great for anxiety. So sometimes I've sometimes I put a few drops in my bath if I've had a bad day. Mm. Oh yeah, I love what. Honestly, I be when I come back in my next life, I want to be an aromatherapist. <laughs> mm. So if people want to find you and buy some of this stuff, or they want to find your new podcast, where are they going to be able to find you? Well, the podcast, I don't know where it will be, but if they follow me on social media, so I'm at Sarah Kaywood on Instagram. Kaywood is C-A-W-O-O-D. And I am on Twitter, but I tend not to do it because it's full of trolls. I tend not to bother with Twitter. Yeah, no, it's horrible. I find it a bit nasty, actually. Yeah, it's too political. I don't want to get into a debate with people. It's just, everyone's a, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah <everyone's> So at Sarah Kaywood on Instagram, and then the company that I do direct marketing for is called Sensi, as in S-C-E-N-T-S-Y. And it's really, really nice stuff, but you can always go and just have a look at sarahkaywood.sensi.co.uk is the website, my personal website. Have a little look there. So that's all for the nice smelly things. And then it's at Create and Craft TV on Instagram at 10.30 on a Tuesday and a Sunday when I do a takeover. And do my crafting there so and the podcast is called irregular bitches <laughs> Love it. because i am deep into the menopause now i thought i was perimenopausal but the amount of pregnancy tests i do at the moment because my period never arrives and i'm like ah oh, maybe i'm pregnant and then actually no that is the last thing that's going to happen anytime soon so i think they're coming to a standstill which i find a bit depressing Forty-eight's um, quite young, isn't it? Yeah, um, your mum get it young. She did. Yeah. She said, and, and my dad was is a retired surgeon. He says if you start your periods late, you're more likely to finish them early, which makes no sense to me. But apparently, that's the medical. Oh right. Yeah, and I started very late. It was like fifteen and a half when I started my periods. So oh. forty-eight. Yeah. Well, for, nearly forty-eight. Are you getting the hot flushes? Uh, sometimes, not all the time, and mainly at night time in bed. But yeah, sometimes, but I'm quite nesh. I'm always cold, so I don't suffer too much. It's the Aggie, the mood swings, the sort of, you know, I take HRT now, which is a, a real relief because it's just like being really premenstrual all the time. And you can handle it when it's a couple of days before your period once a month. But when it's like three weeks of the month and you're barking at your children and you're vile and moody and just everything is annoying you. 
three weeks of every month. It's like, that's no way to live a life, is it? So I, I, I take HRT now and that's really helped. But we decided it was, there are men, there are loads of menopause podcasts out there, but, and pun definitely intended, they're all a bit dry. <laughs> <laughs> we want to have some fun with it really and just like bring it out into the open and yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've already had, I've been through it already actually. Really? Uh, that's really uh, many cats. Well, no, because I had surgery. Uh, ah, you had, so I, you were forced through it. Yeah, I had a full hysterectomy and it just, uh, it was like three days later, I had oh. kicked in and I was like, why am I so hot? <laughs> like, what's going on? And then also, was, you must have been so cold. like slammed by the moods, by the like roller coaster. Yeah. I mean, that's the bit I find the hardest is not being in control of your emotions. It's horrible. And Andy as well. Not, honestly, he's wonderful but could lamp him when he says, I wish I had that excuse. Oh yeah. And it's yeah. like, well, because I'm enjoying this clearly, you know, he'll say, what, yeah. what's wrong with you? You're really aggy. And I'd be like, I think I'm a bit hormonal and I wish I had that excuse. Yeah. <laughs> and it, honestly, I went through, went through it and I probably had it for about 15 months and I was so, I actually, I lost friends for it, all sorts. Cause I, I just didn't know what I was, I didn't know what was going on. Well, you didn't know, this is how me and Lou describe it. You didn't know where you stopped and the hormones began or vice versa. Like yeah. what was you and what was you on hormones? Like when you're drunk, that's not a fair representation of what you are like as a human, is it? No. It is you, but it's you drunk. And I just think the hormones are the same. It is you, but it's you jacked up on hormones. And it's a different you and it's sometimes not a very nice you. No. And it's, you know, and it's, I, I think what I would really love is if every, I mean, women are obviously lovely to each other about it, but wouldn't it be amazing if we could get the men on board and they were just like, she's feeling really low. So I've run her a bath because she's just really hormonal or she's really grumpy. I bet she's hormonal. I'm going to be really kind to her tonight. Instead yeah. of just fighting fire with fire. Cause Andy just gets really cross with me. Yeah. So, oh God. They never understand it. They do they? It's the whole, no, they the whole period thing onwards. You know, the week that you go through it when you've got a period and then they're just like, oh. You know, they sort of try and step away from me. You're just like, don't do that because that really gets on my nerves even more. Not that I've had that experience for five years. Yeah, yeah you're home dry lady. That's wonderful. Good for yeah. you. The menopause, yeah, but she through that every day. <laughs> so I feel she bad. likes to have all the all the doors open though because she's always hot. So um, when we come to work, everyone's like, oh, it's bloody freezing in here. And Kat's like, <laughs> just take your top off, Kat. <laughs> I know. Well, I did. Um, I did some. I uh, create and craft. But I was. I did a promotional campaign for them last year, and I was on Ideal Shopping, which is the sister network. And I'd gone on to promote this. Um, this create package that we were doing, and this beautiful presenter over on Ideal Shopping was. Um, was host, and she was the same. She was like, I'm a woman of a certain age, and of course, it was a fully male crew who were just indulging us slightly. But I really felt free. I could tell she was really struggling. I was like, God, and these boys just didn't. They probably just think we're full of hot air. I mean, hot, yes, but not hot air. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, looking forward to hearing a bit about that. It'd be good to sort of hear real, you know, proper, authentic chat about the menopause as well. You know, yeah. there, like you say, there is a lot of things out there, but I just want to, I think women do need to be kinder to women on that subject. Yeah. Well, well um, presumably we can plunder the Well Live tribe for experts and stuff, because the other thing that Louise and I want to do is, you know, I went straight to the doctor for HRT, but I bet there's loads of other things that I could do to alleviate yeah. symptoms. Mm. Um, that, that like, like diet or even small things that just a certain foods may be triggers or certain things that may be triggers. So I bet the Well Life Tribe 
tribe have got loads of so i have to get you all on to to you know guide us through because that's what we want we want fashion experts wellness experts hormone experts we want everybody just to debunk all of the myths and just give women a library that they can go and pick and choose how best to get through that difficult time of their life with you know yeah no that's so good because we run workshops and we've got like an amazing homeopath called jenny and honestly she's just brilliant and all the people we've referred to her about menopause Mm. and perimenopause is her absolute thing and she's just you know she's been doing it now for the last sort of seven years or something but she is yeah because one size does not fit all you see for anything let alone the menopause homeopathy (laughs) might be right for one woman but it might not be right for another and so you know really just just you find what works for you and that's so that's where you guys can probably really help us out actually it'd be exciting to trade as it were exactly well we'll we'll definitely be listening and it'd be great to get advice and listen to someone who we like so much we've always loved you sarah and it's been such a pleasure to have you on today thank you so much for taking the time honestly i wish i brought a glass of wine up here it's been absolutely lovely it's just been like (laughs) chatting with a couple of girlfriends so thank you like i said i have I haven't had a, oh, I've been out with my girlfriends for months. It's so nice. Oh. It's lovely. <laughs> the podcast is amazing. So I shall make sure that I get everybody to give you guys a follow. And yeah, hopefully have you over on Irregular Bitches soon, yeah? Yeah. Looking definitely. forward to it. <laughs> Thanks, ladies. Thank, Thank you, Sarah. Sarah.